Hello and welcome to this episode of Unpacking the Case, the podcast by David Jones-Bold, the real estate law specialists. Today I'm joined by Richard Snape, our head of legal training, and we're going to be looking at Village Greens. Hello Richard. Hello Lizzie. Thank you for joining me today to talk about Village Greens. That's the focus of today's podcast. Do you want to start by giving us some of the background on Village Greens and the legislation around it? Yeah, I mean, what I thought I'd talk about, because uh, we, we've uh, had a couple of conferences which partly included Village Green, but something which is very useful if you're dealing with or if you are a government body or a statutory undertaker for that matter, and that's uh, things like statutory incompatibility and culminating the big Supreme Court case in uh, December of 2019. Uh, shall I give you the sort of the, the major legislation? Is that... Yeah, I think that'd be useful. Thank you. I won't sort of quote it, but to, to sort of paraphrase, the, the major piece of legislation is Section 15 of the, the Commons Act of 2006. And it's obviously been predecessor legislation for a long, long time, but... Um, it basically says that uh, you can claim Village Green with the with an application to the local authority, the county or the unitary, uh, if a significant number of the inhabitants of a locality or a neighbourhood in the locality have indulged as of right uh, in lawful sports and pastimes for at least 20 years. Um, they have to continue doing so, uh, but they can have a break, if you like, uh, and they've stopped using the land for, in England, it's a year before they make their application. In Wales, it's two years before they make their application. Uh, the significance of it becoming a village green is, you know, there are a couple of Victorian pieces of legislation which are still on the statute books. Uh, one is uh, the Enclosure Act of 1857, Section 12, which says that uh, it's illegal, it's a criminal offence to, to, oh, in the Victorian words, injure a village green or do anything which interrupts the use or enjoyment uh, of the land as a place for exercise uh, and recreation. And the other is um, not quite as old a piece of legislation, the, the 1876 Commons Act, Section 29, and the gist of which is that you, you can't uh, enclose, fence off a, a village green, you can't... Uh, build on the village green and you can't change the surface you can't uh, dig into the soil unless you're improving it as a village green so basically if it becomes a village green you um you you've stopped development in relation to the land there are other pieces of legislation which time won't permit in the podcast to discuss but uh, that's the significance okay and what kind of activities could give rise to a village green claim yeah it's, people sometimes think it's just sort of football and uh, cricket matches and this kind of thing. There was a case, um, Oxfordshire County Council, Oxford City Council, another House of Lords as they were case in 2006. It's amazing how many uh, cases go all the way on appeal in this particular area, which uh, also known as the Trap Grounds case, named after this place Trap Grounds, which is a sort of nature reserve and compass, you know, sort of marshland in North Oxfordshire and North Oxford. And uh, they recognised that, amongst other things, blackberry picking and dog walking could uh, give rise to a village green claim. Um, other cases, my first or favourite is a case involving, again, Oxfordshire County Council, Alloway, where the activities involved uh, non-linear walking, 
uh, which we've discussed in other podcasts, I know. <laughs> uh, and uh, also kite flying, uh, chilling out, lounging around, egg rolling. We had some egg rolling contest every two years. Uh, this is you know, this was in 2016. There's other things you can do in your life. Um, but uh, also the ubiquitous dog walking. Dogs feature a lot in this particular area. So it is potentially, you know, sort of a wide range of activities that can give rise to village green claims. And uh, so much, much wider than most people might imagine. Okay, thank you. So we're going to discuss um, quite a few cases, I think, in today's podcast. The first of which is Crown on the application of Barkus and the North Yorkshire County Council. Do you want to start off with that one? Yeah, it's a 2014, again, Supreme Court case. I'll sort of set the scene if I can. Uh, it all took place in somewhere called Helgadale, which is uh, part of uh, Whitby. Uh, it's actually within um, the local authority area, Scarborough Borough Council. And uh, Scarborough Borough Council's uh, predecessors had, uh, back in 1951, in June of 1951, acquired this land, uh, 14 hectares of land. They were going to build social housing, council housing estate on, on 12 hectares and retain as uh, recreation grounds, some seem to be in the middle of this, uh, this particular estate, uh, two hectares. What then happened is that they seem to have you know, mown the land and this kind of thing. Uh, in October of 2007, uh, Helgadale Neighbourhood Council, there is such a thing, uh, would include uh, Barkas, uh, applied to have it registered as a village green based on uh, children playing on the ground. I think there'd been a sort of license given to a, a non-league football club until 2005 to play there, but football was also being played on this recreation ground. Uh, and again, the ubiquitous dog walking. There are dogs in this country prepared to swear under oath that they've been walking on this land for 20 years. The North Yorkshire Council uh, rejected the, the application and uh, on various bases, but uh, it's very sort of, philosophical kind of argument, it's kind of obscure argument. They argued that the user was not as of right. You've got to use the land as of right without force and secrecy or permission. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're permitted to be on the land, then it's not user as of right. If you're secretly walking your dog in the dead of night, it's not user as of right. And if you're breaking down fences and the likes, it's not user as of right. But they try to argue that this, there's a subtle difference between user as of right and user by right. You're entitled to, if you like, to be on the land. And uh, the Supreme Court basically accepted that, uh, that argument. There's something, they, they relied on something called the Section 80 of the 1936 Housing Act, which is now in Section 12 of the 1985 Housing Act, not a particularly well-known piece of legislation uh, specific to local authorities, but it says that uh, uh, that uh, local authorities, like in conjunction with uh, accommodation, housing accommodation, uh, can maintain or and recreation uh, ground, and that's what they were doing. 
So because you had this specific piece of legislation, it's, uh, you know, the local authority sort of, sort of maintains and allocates the land as recreation grounds, this user was by right, they were entitled to be there. And so it couldn't be a village green. And that was the sort of first case back in 2014, which sort of turned the tide, certainly for government bodies. That's its significance. I find the user as of right thing a bit confusing. So but it's not the same thing as trespassing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got to be, I say it's the same with sort of prescriptive rights generally, like sort of prescriptive easements. Uh, it's got to be without forced secrecy and permission. If you're forcing your way onto the land, you can't claim prescriptive rights. You can't claim it's a village green, just like you can't claim a walking along a path is an easement. Or you know, if the public at large are walking along a path, it can't be a public right of way. If it's secret, if uh, no one knows you're doing it, mm -hmm. then it can't be a, a, a village green claim, just like you can't have an easements claim. And if you're being given permission not to be on the land, you can't claim a village green. So it's sort of passive. Often I've come across, for instance, local authorities who, for political reasons, don't want to ban people from land, but don't want to sort of have a situation 20 years down the line when it can become a village green claim. So they give you permission. You put signage up saying you're here by permission. We can move mm -hmm. your permission at any time. Is that way? Sort of. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas in the Barkas case, then they basically said you are there basically by permission because it's not as of right, it's, it's by right you know, yeah. permission because the legislation says that, uh, you know, it's been maintained and appropriated, if you like, allocated for, for recreation grounds. Okay, thank you. Should we move on a year on then to 2015 and the case of Crown on the application of New Haven Portland Properties Limited and East Sussex County Council? This was another Supreme Court case. Yeah, um, this was a sort of, it was always going to go to the Supreme Court, this one, because it's a major development. Um, as the name suggests, it's uh, New Haven Port in East Sussex on the mouth of the River Ooze, uh, the Sussex Ooze. And there'd been some kind of legislation on regulating New Haven uh, ports since uh, at least 1731. There was a New Haven Harbour Act of 1847, which was uh, supplanted by an 1878 New Haven Harbour Improvement Act, which amongst other things says that uh, uh, you know, the, whoever owns the harbour, you know, who were currently New Haven port and properties, uh, must maintain uh, and support the you know, the harbour and its activities and also do things like dredging you know, the channel and the legs into the harbour. There's also a uh, Harbours, Docks and Piers Clauses Act of 1847. Everybody should have a copy. Very uh, niche. <laughs> yeah, which basically allows uh, bylaws to be passed in relation to, to this land. The actual land itself was a beach uh, called West Beach. It's the only bit of, uh, they didn't dwell on this in the law report actually, but it's the only bit of sandy beach on that part of the Sussex coast, if you know that area. It's all pebbles and, uh, and the likes. Uh, and the, the bylaws have been passed in actually in 1931, which dealt with you know, allowing your dogs onto land and 
you know, people, you know, walking on the land and children playing on the land, the likes and sporting activities, and the likes fishing was another one I remember. Um, and uh, the locals were bathing on the land, they were swimming off the land. I mean, it was foreshore. Some, uh, some of it was underwater for 90% of the day, over the time. Uh, about six hectares, so, you know, a tidy amount. Uh, what seems to have brought it all to a head is that um, New Haven Port Authority had intentions to develop the port and this would affect this West Beach. And so New Haven Town Council in 2008 put an application with East Sussex uh, claiming that it was as a village green. Uh, East Sussex actually registered it as village green and that's what the case was about New Haven Port of Properties um, objected to this. Because obviously, if it becomes a village green, you've scuppered a large chunk of your developments. So, what were the arguments in this case? Yeah, well, there was there were several arguments. There were three really. One is that you had some sort of implied license uh, to be on the land. The Supreme Court uh, didn't decide upon that. You know, whether you've got a license or whether you're trespassing or whether you've got a common law right to be on the land, because they didn't need to decide that. They decided on on the two other grounds. And what were the two other grounds? Well, one was the thing we just mentioned, the Barkas case, um, North Yorkshire, that uh, your user was by right and not as of right. And again, it's it's very, very obscure. I'm not sure if I fully understand the, the arguments, but uh, this is the law. You're there by right because these bylaws allowed you to be on the land, basically. And so it wasn't as of right, it was by right. You have a right to be on the land because you've got bylaws saying you can walk your dogs on the land and you know, play on the land and so on. Um, so that was uh, one argument that sort of in its own would have clinched things. But uh, the other was uh, the, the, the more significant one, certainly for government bodies. Unfortunately, then we're not very clear about uh, you know the limits of it, but they, accepting an argument of statutory incompatibility was an act of parliament, you know, the New Haven Harbour Improvements Act, which is incompatible with it becoming a village green because the Port Authority or the Port and Properties uh, Limited have got an obligation to maintain and improve and support the land and dredge and so on. And if it became a village green, they couldn't do that and the statute would prevail. Do you want to move on to the other two cases? Yeah, the other two um, were heard together finally in the Supreme Court. This was in 2019 that they were heard together. Mm. Um, should I, I'll reel off the names just for the benefit of the listener. So it's Crown on the application of Lancashire and the Secretary of State for the Environment, Food and Rural Affairs and Crown on the application of NHS Property Services and Surrey County Council. So that's the two cases we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's um, the statutory incompatibility again, um, is what they discussed. Unfortunately, in the New Haven case, the, the Supreme Court didn't make clear, you know, what does statutory incompatibility mean? You have to have a specific act of parliament dealing specifically with that area, if you like, as was the case with the New Haven Harbour Improvements Act. Or can it be more general than that? Just you help hold the land under statute, because if it is more general, it's incredibly significant for government bodies. Um, and again, statutory undertakers, because it'll be very, very difficult to, to claim village green against them. 
because you know, the large majority of their land is held under some statute or other. I was, uh, the case, I say the decision was from December the 11th, 2019. It didn't get the credit it deserved, you know, it was late 2019, then we had Christmas, and then we had COVID for a couple of years, you know. Um, but uh, shall I tell you the background facts to the Lancashire one to start off with? Yeah, let's do that. It's, uh, it was um, the, it was a piece of land, um, well, five pieces, five parcels of land next to a place called Moorside Primary School in, in Lancaster. They were sort of within the, the sort of ambit of the school, if you like. And uh, I think uh, one of them was being mown and was being used as a sort of playing field uh, for the school. Another one was fenced off uh, these parcels of land and uh, there was some sort of construction in relation to the school going on. On it, and the other pieces were uh, seem to have been overgrown. I think they've been mown in the past and used for sort of you know, sort of hay and the likes, or I sus suspect. But that had stopped some years previously, and they're just getting overgrown. And uh, somebody, a uh, Ms. Bebbington, made an application uh, for village green status. The council inspector looked into whether there was uh, you know, statutory incompatibility or not. One of the parcels, the one which is fenced off and the likes, was not accepted as a village green, but the inspector didn't think there was statutory incompatibility uh, for the other parcels, so they got registered as village green. Um, that uh, went off to the High Court, and the High Court agreed with that. And so that was the background, that was the sort of things going on there. Shall I tell you the Surrey one? Yeah, let's do the background of both first. It's uh, Leatherhead Hospital, and there's a piece of land uh, owned by the NHS Property Services next to Leatherhead Hospital, about 2.9 hectares, um, uh, called uh, Leech Grove Woods. And locals have been using the land for the normal you know, non-linear walking, as we all do. And, uh, and also for, for the, again, the dog walking. One day I'll find a case that doesn't involve dog walking. Um, but uh, they put in an application with, with Surrey County Council uh, for village green status. Uh, Surrey accepted the land as village green and uh, the NHS property services objected to this. Uh, that went to the High Court and the High Court crushed the claim. Um, I never understood at the time, I remember talking about this, you know, at High Court level and likes to both these cases, and I never understood the High Court's reasoning in the, in the Surrey case. Well, that's what they did on the flimsiest of grounds. They distinguished it from the Lancashire, Lancashire case. And they both went to the Court of Appeal. So what happened when they were both went up to the Supreme Court then? Well, shall I tell you the Court of Appeal decision first? Because yeah. I think that's what most people thought the New Haven case was about. Court of Appeals said that for a statutory incompatibility, there's got to be a specific statutory purpose, you know, relating to that you know, piece of land, if you like, which limits it quite dramatically. Uh, and they also said that if it becomes a village green, that specific statutory purpose would be clearly impeded, uh, or restricted or prevented, you know, not just made less convenient, if you like. So even if there was a specific statute, then it might uh, still be able to be a uh, you know, village green. 
if you can live together. Went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said otherwise. Shall I give you the background to that? Yeah, let's go to the Supreme Court now. Well, they said in relation to the, the, the Lancashire case, um, the statute involved was Section 8 of the Education Act of 1944, which uh, basically says that uh, education authorities are duty-bound to make sure there's sufficient schools you know, for the locality, which is a general piece of legislation, obviously, across the whole country. Um, the other piece of legislation is well, much amended, but the um, 2006 National Health Service Act, which again allows, you know, sort of the health service and the likes to, to hold land. And the Supreme Court basically said there doesn't have to be a specific statutory purpose. Uh, you just hold land through statute and you shouldn't look at, you know, the current time and what's happening on that land. Uh, it's not time specific. Could things happen in the future? Might they need it for education purposes to build on or whatever at some future date and there is that possibility so it's a very very wide uh, provision those it was a one of the judges uh, lord wilson uh, dissented on it and uh, basically saying you're stopping village green claims against government bodies and quasi-government bodies and i think he's right uh, which is good news if you are a government body, obviously. Um, and there was a partial dissent as well from Lady Arden. But so uh, that was the decision. If it's very, becomes very difficult to, to claim village greens against uh, government bodies and anybody else held in through statute. Okay, thank you. And that's it, Lizzie. Yep, that's brought us to the end. Well, thank you very much for that, Richard. Okay, my pleasure, Lizzie. Thank you to everybody for listening and thank you to Richard. We look forward to seeing you again in our next episode.